Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chiluminati podcast. You like that? <clears throat> welcome. welcome. I don't know. What, I don't know what that was. Are we like? Well, uh, hey, y'all. Hey there. <laughs> welcome to I'm episode the ghost of Goofy. <laughs> episode one hundred and six. Uh, what does he say? Gorsh? Gorsh. Uh, Gorsh. There you go. There you go. Perfect. Actually, we, we, none, uh, of us sound, none of us sound like Goofy. Gorsh. No, only only gonna... Alex will get this. We sound like the guy from the Mike Diamond commercials. <laughs> Uncle Bubba. He's like, oh, I hate that. <laughs> Diamond. That's who we sound like. Gorsh. I hate <laughs> Mac Diamond. I mean, Mike Diamond. <laughs> Mac Diamond sounds like a rapper pimp. Max. Diamond. Maxi. Hey, come on, Maxi. I don't get this reference and it makes me sad. Uh, It's just a terrible radio ad here in the ugly friend of Mickey Mouse. He's tall. He looks like a dog. He's the Kramer of the group. Yeah, Max Diamond. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, uh, I love, you know, this is. Alex, I don't know what you have in store for us today. This might be right on vibe with what what we're about to have, but uh, yeah, welcome to Chiluminati, everybody. Mike, Jesse, Alex, all here again. Hi. But but this time somebody else is in control. Thank God. And I'm going to take those that steering wheel right from you and I'm going to drive us right over oh, to no. patreon.com slash pod where <laughs> you can support us. Keep our episodes weekly. Get a little bit of extra Chiluminati spice in your life every every week in the form of pictures, community, presale for whatever freaking sick ass mini sods it's the greatest patreon in the universe it's unbelievable for the value and honestly it makes all of our lives better you know what i mean it's it's literally all we have so please head on over to patreon.com slash illuminati pod where you can get more great episodes like this one that i'm about to jump into right now are you ready for this i think so this is incredible this is a wild (laughs) story this is americana in the making this is This is a legend from the future that's happening, unfolding in front of us right now. What the hell are you talking about? Intersection of art, science and uh, nonsense. Anyway, first things first, instead of a strange and uh, meaningless personal story that doesn't really connect to anything. I've got something even weirder to kick us off today, and that is a skit, which happens to be an excerpt (laughs) from a night. A skit. That's right. Uh, it's an excerpt from a 1983 play by the legendary David Mamet. It's called 4 a.m., uh, which he describes as a tribute to the late, great TV and radio host, Larry King. Rest in peace. If you have time, go look up his interview with uh, uh, what's his name? Ben Schwartz, the guy who's the voice of Sonic. Go check that out. It's an incredible interview with Larry King. Shout outs to Larry. He truly was the king. Uh, but Jesse, uh, how about you play the part of the interviewer? Uh, and Mathis, you can play the caller. Uh, just do your best. Uh, I dropped it in the Twitter DM because it was way too long. Um, this a is cold a cold read, everybody. Yeah. So cold Set the read, stage. no warm up. <laughs> Set the stage for you a little bit. This is a call-in show like Coast to Coast AM. Larry uh, King used to have a show like this for very, very many years. All right. And scene. Hello, Chicago. Uh, hello, Greg. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, good, good, Greg. It's a pleasure to talk with you. I had the pleasure of talking to you three and one, three and one half years ago, and I've been a continual listener of yours since you started out with the 22 stations, and I admire you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. What's your problem? Greg, we need your help to publicize our plan. We've been trying to get our organization together to raise money, to be able to hire a public relations firm like Wells and Jacoby to publicize our organization. 
we where where are we going to get the money? I, I just I don't know to publicize you in the movie 2001, based on the writings of Arnold Toynbee, they speak of a plan. Excuse me, excuse me, but the writing, but the movie 2001 was based on the writings. All human life is made of molecules based on the writings of Arthur C. Clarke. All human. No, Greg, if you examine. It was based on the writings of Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, Greg, no, we have the. Well, go on. Greg, in the writings of Arnold Toynbee, he discusses a plan whereby all human life could be easily reconstituted on the planet Jupiter. Uh huh. Greg? Yes. I'm listening. Greg? Yes. In in the yeah, I got it. Go on. In the, in the no, no, no. Go on. I got it. Arnold Toynbee, human life on. As we're made of molecules, Greg, and the atoms of all human life that ever lived are still in all of us. Right. I got it. Uh, they exist. They've just been rearranged. Yeah. So. We'd like to publicize our organization, Greg. We're very young. We've just been, ex- we've been just been existence over a year and we want to publicize our theory. And Greg, we don't know how you, how do you publicize your plan to bring dead people back to life on Jupiter? Yeah. Why? Why would you want to do this? Hello? Yeah. Why would you want to do this? You, you see what I'm saying to you? What is the aim of your group? Greg. What are your plans? I. What? I, Greg, I told you. You said you want to bring the dead people back to life. Yes. On the planet Jupiter. Just as they showed us in the mo- Well, I, I'm not sure that's what the movie was about, but be that as it may, why would you want to do that? Oh, Greg, you can't mean it. Well, yes, I mean it. Why would you? Uh, what's the idea? You're walking down the street. There's Abraham Lincoln. Is that the idea? Yeah. So anybody that you want to talk to, so forth, uh, they are there. Is that the idea? Yes. Who do you pick? Who picks them? You, your organization, or do you just bring them all back? What's your, um, I mean... Do you have a program for this or what are the goals to bring? Nah, it's too broad. It's too broad. Don't you see what I'm talking about? You can't bring them all back. Can you? I don't know. And see. Great. Yeah. Great. 4 a.m. by David Mamet. Never done better. Uh, But why why are we reading this? Okay. Great great question. (laughs) Well, the TLDR version is that it might be the closest thing we have to a firsthand account of something that most likely really did happen on the Larry King show in the 1980s, likely more than once, where a caller really did call in with these talking points during open line caller segments, which are definitely weird on their own, but are really only the tip of a rather large iceberg here, right? Obviously, there's probably not a recording of the show uh, because, you know, it was the 80s podcasts were barely a glimmer in baby Steve Jobs's eye back then. (laughs) But we do have a post from the now defunct resurrect dead message boards by the user Three Finger Pete back in 2011, who remembered listening to the show on and off from about 1981 to 1985 while living in a, quote, 
rat bag duplex off of campus during college. Uh, here is his account uh, of that, which Mathis, I would love you to read a little snippet uh, from that. If you don't mind, I'm sure. going to drop that into the chat here. <clears throat> into what? Zoom? Yeah, wait, why can't I copy and paste this? What is up with Zoom? Zoom is it too being... big? There's like a letter limit. Oh, really? Okay, or, uh, let's just drop it figure, into Twitter. Whatever it is. Zoom, step up your game, Zoom. Everybody's <laughs> got you beat. We expect more from you at this point. Yeah. All right, here we go. King usually had an hour or so of open line calls after his guest interview segment concluded. On at least two separate occasions, possibly three, I heard a caller get through to discuss the Toynbee theory. Although I can't recall if the name was Toynbee, although I can't recall if the name Toynbee was specifically mentioned. I do specifically recall Kubrick being mentioned and the need to resurrect the dead on Jupiter. I remember these calls after all these years for two reasons. First, I'm a fan of this sort of sort of stuff, and the Toynbee theory was so uniquely bizarre as to get my attention. And second, Larry King is infuriatingly incurious, and rather than let the caller expound on Toynbee, King wasted little time moving on to the next caller, leaving me curious King in the darkness uh, of my room. No, cursing him. Cursing King. Cursing him. I was like, a curious. Yeah. Wait a minute. That doesn't make any damn sense. I can't recall the approximate dates of the calls, but I can say with certainty they occurred during the time I lived in that duplex between, uh, I'm assuming, July 1981 and January of 1985, and that more than one call took place. However, my recollection is that at least one of the calls was placed prior to April of 1983. Uh, And just for uh, accuracy's sake, uh, just so we are all on the same page, 4 a.m., the play was released in 1984. So just to think about that. But on the flip side of that, David Mamet, who is a very, very famous playwright has been asked about this mysterious caller thing, like live on the air on NPR at least once. And he vehemently denies basing the scene from 4am on anything besides his own imagination. And was actually even quoted as saying, quote, there was no call on the radio. I made it up. So who knows? Uh, But honestly, if that's all there was to this, the jury would basically just be out. Uh, But now we have finally arrived at the meat of today's episode which is something so bizarrely interesting that it has an entire community of dedicated researchers and theorists spanning the globe, and even a pretty decent documentary that was an official selection of the Sundance Film Festival in 2011, and which you can now illegally watch on YouTube. Uh, what I'm talking about, of course, are the Toynbee tiles, which are unique among real-world mysterious objects in that there is actually a fairly high likelihood that a certain percentage of our listeners might have had first-hand experience with one of them before and can even arguably be considered some of the, like, you know, like, outsider art. Like, the type of art that you'd see, like, on your way to Las Vegas in the desert. Like, there is an element of that to this, and there's this element of, like, this weird sci-fi mystery to this. Um But before we get into that, I want to shout out to Wikipedia. I want to shout out to the Kansas City Star, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Temple News from Temple University, uh, the ghostinmymachine.com, and the documentary I just mentioned, which is called Resurrect Dead, the Mystery of the Toynbee Tiles, uh, and also toynbeeidea.com, all of which I heavily used for research for this episode. Um, But let's get into the tiles, shall we? Have you guys heard of this? Do you you guys know about the Toynbee Tiles? I've never heard of this. I love that. Another great thing about these tiles is that they are literally all over the place in like major cities. I don't think there's any in L.A., but there's definitely a lot in what, major, right, major. Right, hold on. Hold on. What do you mean? 
tiles and all over the place in the in every city. What does that mean? Okay, well, like, yeah, let's get into it. So, so, so literally, they're these like tiled mosaic street art, sort of like tar based pieces that are embedded literally into the street, like into the middle of the street. Uh, there's one like at the entrance to the Holland Tunnel, somehow, like in the middle of the street. Uh, they often contain. Some variation on this weird stuff we've already talked about and also lots of other info about the artists philosophy, their state of mind. Uh, but they've definitely evolved quite a bit over time. So now I want to focus on this evolution a little bit. And though I'm sure you've already Googled them and gotten the vibe of them. If you just Google Toynbee tile, you can kind of just there's there's going to be plenty of them uh, for you to look at in Google Images. Uh, but if you bug me, I will share a bunch of stuff that I have uh, sources for all this on the subreddit. If you need that as a listening aid or whatever, uh, just bug me about it this week if you care enough. And I will put it up if it gets too annoying for me, because that's the best I can literally promise. Uh, the original style were like rectangles made out of linoleum uh, that were like cut up and like sort of like formed to make letters in relief on the linoleum. Uh, maybe like a little bigger than an envelope or like an eight and a half by 11 paper size, uh, hand cut. Um, and the basic text of all of them in general is like some variation on this all caps it says Toynbee idea in Kubrick's 2001 resurrect dead on planet Jupiter. It says that on like every tile that you'll ever see these showed up everywhere from Philadelphia, where most of this is centered around like Philadelphia is definitely the home of these tiles uh, to Pittsburgh, to D.C., to New York, to Baltimore, even down to like Santiago, Chile, Buenos Aires, Rio de Janeiro, like all these Damn. places all have Toynbee tiles embedded in the fucking street. Uh, and from there, uh, as the 80s became the 90s, uh, the design of them kind of grew in complexity a little bit. Uh, more cities. Uh, they also showed up at like rest stops on the East Coast. They got like tiles on them. Uh, shout outs to Boston for Mathis. There's a, there's definitely oh, yeah. Toynbee tiles in, in Boston. Uh, and they started to be a little bit more colorful. Uh, colored letters, like a big red theme was a big one for a while, like solid red border, red letters. And these little weird tags on the sides of them now are starting to show up. Aside from the main message that was in this rectangle, you'd get like a little piece on the bottom like in a slightly different color that would have like a little bit of a deeper message from the artist. Um, like for example, there was this one tile that I saw uh, from the Chesapeake house rest area off the I 95 in Maryland. I looked at this tile, uh, saw a picture of it and extending from the bottom of the red frame uh, is a little tan box that also said in all caps, you must make plus glue tiles. You as media, S slash V. Let's be real. I sit in front of my computer way longer than most normal people do for gaming for one and then doing all my work on it for the other. And being a podcast means I'm constantly sitting in front of it, which means I'm constantly flooding my brain with blue light. And that over the many, many years of me doing it have heavily affected the way I sleep. I finally decided to get some blue light glasses, and thanks to Felix Grey, they have genuinely changed my sleep life. Felix Grey lenses are different than other blue light lenses because instead of putting a film over a lens, they build the blue light filtering directly 
into the lens. This allows them 15 times more the blue light filtering than most normal glasses. Not only that, they have glasses for both non-prescription and prescription if you need them. You can check them out at felixgrayglasses.com slash chill right now. I've had mine now for a couple of months, and like I said, they've changed everything. I'm now in bed at a more normal time, and it takes a lot less time for my brain to finally give me all those sleep chemicals I desperately need. Get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. You have nothing to lose except for maybe your eye strain. So just go to felixgrayglasses.com slash chill for the best blue light glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash chill. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. Felixgrayglasses.com slash chill. So... It feels like huh. whoever's making these feels like it's their mission to like go out and do this and spread this message. Right. And that it's like hit their mission on this earth to do so. Uh, so now we're kind of in the early 90s. As the 90s went on, it seemed like the skill level on these things just sort of like went up. You know, like if you imagine like this is an artist like honing their craft, like you keep making things in the same style, you're going to get better and more nuanced at it. Uh more bright colors involved now, multiple colors on single ones. Uh, we start seeing tiles in even more locations. We're all the way to the Midwest now, uh, out in the middle of the country now. Uh, and eventually, uh, by the late 90s, the main original style that you probably see when you Google Toynbee tiles uh, kind of hit its like main stride, uh, first wave, if you will. It feels almost like whoever was making these kind of like was feeling themselves for a little bit here. Kind of like cranking them out, doing them clean, looking pretty nice. Crank them out. <laughs> Sometimes they kind of like fray around the edges because you obviously they, they probably have to do it pretty quick to not be noticed. Uh, and so you'll see some cracking around the edges. But for the most part, this was like the like golden age of the original style. Uh, these 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 final ones of the 90s that were like the really good ones, much more complex in terms of layout. Lots more like decorative elements coming in. Even some like recurring image themes like coffee cups or like a naked lady's like legs and like naughty bits coming in. Like you'll see one that'll be like the main resurrect dead Toynbee idea tile. And then there'll be like spread legs over like two two sides of it. And then there'll be like a little thing. Well, I can down see here. that one right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty popular one, right? Uh and uh, Philadelphia, if anybody wants to go find it. Yeah. Uh and uh much larger ideas being shared on the little side tabs as well. Like there's one on West third and prospect in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, and in, on that one, it says I'm the only, I'm only one man. And when I caught a fatal disease, they gloated over its death. That's when I, uh, and this is where it gets a little choppy, but I think it says that's when I believe them to destroy it. Thank you, something, something. It kind of gets cut off, but like there's a bigger message there, kind of rambly and erratic in a way. Um, <clears throat> but that was sort of like the end of his first golden age. Suddenly in 2001, the style changed. Not sure if it's related to 9-11. A lot of like art shift is related to 9-11. Uh, but according to the website toynbeeidea.com, they think that the swap from horizontal type sort of like envelope or like license plate shaped tiles evolved to like tall vertical tiles with stretch letters 
they think it has something to do with this guy experimenting with going from like city streets to going to like the freeway where, you know, it's like a little bit quicker kind of vibe there. And uh, their theory is that this dude has because this is the only way it really makes sense. Like nobody ever sees him do this. He puts him in really conspicuous places. Like I said, the entrance to the Holland Tunnel had one for a long time. I don't know if it still does, but it did. It's a heavily trafficked. It's almost no time when there's no so they one just there. like show up overnight is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Almost instantaneously. Like the guy in the in the dock is like really like obsessed with them and is like constantly thinking about them. And he mm. literally one time went into a restaurant, came back out. He he also lives in Philly, came back out and he saw one that was like bam, fresh on the street. And uh the way that it has to be done, according to people, is that maybe this guy has a hole in the bottom of his car so that he can like in traffic like slap it down real quick while he's still in his car so that like mission impossible or some shit, so, so that no one can like I love the graffiti mobile. Yeah. So that I nobody can see him do it and that he can like get away with it in broad daylight or whenever he wants to do it. He could just like, Pam, like in the car. Uh, but yeah, so the style changed in 2001 to this sort of like freeway style. If you think about like how words are on the freeway, how they're like really tall and long, uh, that's kind of like the vibe of these, these newer style ones. Um, and, uh, another big element of some of these newer ones is that they seem easier to read from a moving car too. So like the taller, like if you're driving on the freeway, you can read it. And also sometimes in this style, he would also split them up. So you'd see like Toynbee idea, hundred, hundred, couple hundred feet later, resurrect dead because you know, it's like, it kind of feels like when you're driving and you see like multiple signs along the road with a message on them. Right. Uh, yeah. And according to this site, Toynbee Idea, these kind, uh, these like freeway style ones have showed up as recently as 2015. Like from 2001 to 2015. And just to remind you, these have been showing up since the 80s uh, consistently in the hundreds, like over the years. There's m- there's countless tiles. There's a database on the website and it's, it's filled with tiles. Uh, there's also a smaller like passport size, maybe index card size style of tile that popped up between 04 and 06. Uh, And it kind of implies that maybe for a while, the person didn't have access to the car that they were using for a couple of years. Not sure why, but it's possible that they didn't go in that car during that time. So they were doing like smaller ones for that reason. Um, Mm. And it's also worth notice mentioning that between 2001 and 2013, other than one tile that is in, that was found in Connecticut, there were literally hundreds of tiles placed in those 13 years or 12 years, but none of them were farther than like an hour outside of Philly in any direction. So compared to previous years, Pretty small area for them to be working in. Uh, and it, you know, people theorize maybe it has something to do with this person's situation. So, yeah. So, when before that, they were in like Buenos Aires, you're saying they were all over the place. And now they're just in the 90s. Sort of like, like I said, Ohio, hmm. like New York, all these places, right? Okay. Uh, 2007 signified a return to form for the Tyler in terms of style. It seemed like in 2007, the car was back. Uh, And between uh, 2008 and 2010, 
There were over 100 tiles in two years distributed across Philly and South New Jersey, which in case you don't know the geography of Philly and South New Jersey, they are like a bridge across. Like it takes like five minutes to go from one to the other. Uh, All with that same basic message, but in tons of different variations of the style that had become the norm by now. The one that you look at when you Google image search and a clear enough visual similarity that a single artist has always seemed like it's the most likely option just because the quality of the handiwork is like it's new every time, but it's also clearly by the same hand. You know what I mean? There's no copies really, but there's like it's hard. It would be hard to forge someone's handwriting like that. Uh, Also, strangely. This is also kind of interesting. There was a total absence of any new tiles from 2011 to 2012. Uh, No new tiles at all for those two years, though there were some similarly coded handbills that were distributed in central Philly that basically besmirched and doxed a family member of one of the tilers, like the people that people think is the tiler. So, what, what what do you mean besmirched? When you're talking about besmirching, it was like libelous. It was like libelous details about a person that's a relative of one of the people that's a suspected Toynbee Tyler. Uh, okay. So so because of that, it seems to suggest that it was the Tyler who wrote these pamphlets. And there's little things like that are in the pamphlet that the Tyler does. Like there's Christ written in all caps, and the I in it in it is still lowercase. Like, that's like a thing that they would do. And a lot of the same, hmm. like, weird sentence structure and stuff is there. It, it's not been confirmed, obviously, because no one knows who the fuck it is. But it's for those two years, that's what was happening was those handbills were coming out rather than new tiles. But then in 2013, again, tiles start showing up again. Wilmington, Atlantic City, Baltimore, New York, new tiles all in 2013. Right. So now we're outside of our like Philly radius. Uh, and the guy from toynbeeidea.com, who I think is involved also with the movie somehow, when it came out that there were new ones in New York, they went to New York in like 2014, like shortly thereafter. And they like sort of like looked at where the ones that people had been posting online were and sort of like went for a walk for three hours and sort of like guessed where they would see some based on those locations and in three hours this person found 30 new tiles in new york jesus yeah uh they also there's probably more also that are somewhere there that are elsewhere but the website hasn't really been updated since early 2017 so it's kind of been hard to track them since then i haven't really i've been trying to find like oh somebody like picked up the slack on that but there really hasn't been anybody there's not there is a there's a reddit but it's it's not very active and it does seem like people are still posting on the toynbee idea website uh like in the comment section of the articles and blog posts but the 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 good work has not been continuing in the way that it has uh since 2017 uh and if it's not clear yet i should definitely repeat again that nobody knows who the hell it is that's doing this for sure Uh, though, according to most people who spend time thinking about this, we do basically know the reasoning behind it. And it's really not all that complicated if you were paying attention to 4 a.m. earlier. Uh, but I want to quickly read a little bit of philosophy from the historian and philosopher Arnold J. Toynbee himself. 
from his autobiography experiences, which was published in 1969. Just to give you a nice little background, I'm going to read this myself just because it's quite long and quite wordy. Uh, So I'm just going to get into it. And uh, I think it should be clear by the end of this, like what's going on here. Man's situation is indeed paradoxical. Man has a mind that can comprehend infinite time and space, and he has a conscience that can pass moral judgments. Yet prima facie, it looks as if these spiritual facilities are dependent on their survival, on their association with the life of a short-lived physical body. If certain parts of the body have been generated with a lack or an insufficiency of certain physical ingredients, the human being's spiritual faculties never come to flower, or at least never fully And if certain parts of a normal person's body run down before death, the person's spiritual faculties automatically fail. In any case, at death, the spiritual faculties disappear from this phenomenal world, and the widely and tenaciously held belief in the immortality of the soul after death is not borne out by any cogent evidence. Moreover, our bodies, though fearfully and wonderfully made, are, in physical terms, specks of dust on the surface of a speck of dust called the Earth, which is a satellite of another speck of dust called the Sun, and our Sun is a speck of dust in our galaxy, which is a speck of dust in a universe that may be infinite in terms of time and space. However, the dust of which a human body is composed, quantitatively trivial though it is, is an integral part of of the inconceivably vast physical universe. And when, after death, the body dissolves into its physical elements, these elements themselves are not annihilated. Death has destroyed the organism that for a brief time had succeeded in maintaining itself as a puny counter-universe. But the physical materials of which the dissolved human body was composed at the moment of death have not been destroyed through ceasing to be incorporated temporarily in an organic physical structure. They are continuing to exist as parts of the physical universe, though this no longer in an organic form. Science has been able to ascertain this because science's earliest researches and its greatest successes so far have been in the field of reality in its physical aspect. In our own day, science has made a start with the exploration of reality in its physical aspect as well. But psychological science is still in its infancy, at least in the 60s when this was written. And though the possibilities opened up by it of an increase in knowledge and understanding of the universe are potentially enormous, it is still too early for us to be able to foresee whether these possibilities are going to be converted into achievements of anything like the same order of magnitude as science's already accomplished achievements in the physical field. Meanwhile, the study of the spiritual aspect of human nature on which Western science has embarked only recently has been pursued by now for at least 2,500 years in the Indian practice of contemplation. Already by the Buddha's day, the school of Indian philosophy to which the Buddha himself was opposed had reported that the essence of a human being's spiritual aspect is identical with the ultimate spiritual reality behind and beyond the phenomenon of the universe. If the intuition on which this report is based has penetrated to the truth, this signifies that the spiritual aspect of a human being, like his physical aspect, is an integral part of a universe that in its own dimension may be vast, an unavoidable loan word from our vocabulary for describing physical reality as the physical universe is. And from this, it would seem to follow that at death, the aspect of a human being that we call his spirit or his soul ceases to be the ephemeral separate personality that it has been during the now dead human being's lifetime, but continues to exist as the ultimate spiritual reality in with which even in bodily life on earth, it has never ceased to be identical in the spiritual vision of observers who have had the inward eye to see. Okay, so there's a lot more to that. 
Uh, I could keep reading, but I think it's pretty clear <laughs> after reading that what this means in relation to Toynbee idea in movie 2001 Resurrect Dead on Planet Jupiter, which is that I think and I think this is kind of like non-negotiable at this point. I think that the Tyler believes that mankind should take it upon themselves to become the architects of our own transhumanist like technologically based, like in harmony with spirituality based afterlife terraform Jupiter, kind of like how Arthur C. Clarke describes it in the like Saturn five or the, whatever the, what's it called? The Jupiter five stories that kind of like congealed into the 2001 movie version with all that psychedelic stuff that happens at the end. Uh, They want to turn Jupiter into a facility where human beings can be from across time and space can be reconstituted molecule by molecule, which will then bring rise again, like resurrect your consciousness into existence. Exactly how it was before you from before now returned uh, and living on forever in our new eternal space sanctuary. And indeed in support of the idea that a real person calling it that like, okay, that's, that's, I think the idea. And I think that, in support of the idea that somebody really did do this and it wasn't just David Mamet imagining it and making it up. Here's a quote from a February 1984 issue of an old zine. I'm losing my mind right now. I want you to know I'm slowly going crazy. (laughs) I am ready to talk about this. I'm going to let you zine us, but I'm letting you know I am. I am ready. Warrior princess. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. I here's a quote from a zine. It, uh, it back ups. It backs up my reading of the tiles. Uh, meaning I'm going to drop this in the DM for you t- to read. Jesse, this is this is a little quote for you to read. You know, I wouldn't want to show you my internet search history. When you do this job and you're searching all kinds of alien stuff, the weirdest things end up popping up. And I don't want anybody knowing all that weird stuff. Listen. I already put out a podcast that allows me to be weird. I don't need people seeing how weird it has to get in the research area. And you might be saying to yourself, well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me freaking tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear the browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or any of the other ISP offers out there. ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background and is super, super easy to use. All you gotta do is tap a button and boom, you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV, so there's no excuse for you not to be using it. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash chill, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash chill. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash chill to learn more. (laughs) 
you're going to give me control when you know that I'm ready to just like freak out and rip this I all apart. It. I want it. This is uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is from Ace. This is from a zine from the 80s, 84 called called Ace. Public notice. I'm attempting to go back in time. This will be dangerous. Must bring a weapon. No, no. Wrong one. Oh, my bad. Public notice. Arnold Toynbee's <laughs> conception of the colonialization. <laughs> I'm very pleased with that goof. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, conception of the colonization of outer space as depicted in the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey on the ability of science to bring every dead molecule of every human body of history back to life on the gigantic planet of Jupiter. Oh boy. Already I got issues. We beg the people (laughs) of this community to accept us as we have been denied acceptance by the media and press. Please write us at PO box four, two, (laughs) Oh, two, two, one, three, four, four. (laughs) send it to zoom. Philadelphia. One nine one zero one USA and tune in to six twenty five megacycles forty forty eight meters shortwave Saturday nights midnight. What's this department? The above public notice has recently began to appear in the center city of Philadelphia, PA. These stickers have showed up almost everywhere on USA Today boxes, telephone poles, train and bus stations, even on communist workers party newspaper boxes. Mr. G Primavera, (laughs) who brought this interesting announcement to our attention, has been monitoring 6.25 megahertz and says he has not heard them yet. He's not sure if this station would fall under the classification of pirate or clandestine. Let's uh, pay close attention to this frequency in the weeks ahead and see what, if anything, shows up. Yeah. So. I think that this is exactly what's going on. I think that whoever is placing these tiles. Believes that our only hope as a human race for immortality is to. Resurrect ourselves on Jupiter after terraforming it. Uh, there's and, a, Jupiter I mean, a gas giant. My, I'm very my confused. Fa- my favorite part. Here's the thing. Truthfully, Jupiter. Um, we don't know what's beneath the clouds of Jupiter. There's clearly something okay. rocky down there, but like anything that would be sent down, the pressure would destroy it instantly. Like we, unless we rapidly did something to Jupiter, could not. Like we couldn't live there. We we'd be crushed. Yeah, I mean, look, I think probably back in this time, there wasn't as much general knowledge about the planet Jupiter as there is now, which kind of blows a hole in this. But I don't think that it being on Jupiter is the sticking point here. I think I think (laughs) that's not the. I think I think the idea that he's I, I think the idea that's being promoted here is that we need to reconstitute the history of humanity from their base molecules so that we can all live together in paradise. Right. No, isn't that great, exactly the, isn't that the exact technology in star Trek, by the way, the what, transportation the technology yeah, but destroys also, you and then rebuilds you exactly. With that's the answer to the, that's the answer to the uh, transporter conundrum. Also, is here's, that the, your here's consciousness the problem ceases to exist, then continues to exist. Right. Time out. T- pause time ignore the fact that we as a society have to come up with terraforming first yeah. ignore all that <laughs> yeah, we, uh, elon musk is going to take it. care elon of it handled. 
Elon Musk mentioned Dogecoin once and it has dropped every day since. That man killed a fun thing for people. All I'm saying is I don't trust him with nothing. Anyway, let me just put this out. Let me just let me tell you what the real cycle of molecules is. Yes, we are all star children made up of <laughs> elements from all the universe. Lovely for us. But also right now, hang on. I feel like I'm on the witchy side of TikTok right now. But this also you can't go that far back with this thought process because human bodies, the millions and millions of people that have existed in this world and this the billions that have died before us. All those people, Shout when to the they die, they their molecules went back to the earth. They became part of the Mako again. And the live stream has taken them. But needless to say, <laughs> all those people, their molecules went and created, say, grass. And then a cow ate that effing grass. And then, like, the we ate the cow. Like, the molecules the of people, you know, it's circle of ice shit, but the molecules of people, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, like, the air that I breathe now, because there's only so many air molecules, like, I'm breathing the air of, like, an ancient person, right? Yeah. It's the same, it's the same thing. All I'm saying is, if you were to be like, all right, here we go. We're going to bring back the people from 1950 and they flip a switch who knows what monstrosities you're bringing back because none of that is the original like you would have to then not only do we terraform a planet we then have to figure out how to like pinpoint specific particle like particles for specific people it's impossible that is literally an impossibility As you would th- th- there's no way you could do that because but here's the-, the thing because some of those particles make up you how did so it, you are some of the particles of previous people? I mean, even the hero Thanos knows that you can't break it, make an omelet without breaking an egg. <laughs> you're, I mean, oh you're right. You're right. But was it worth it, Alex? I don't know. <laughs> to bring back Abraham Here's Lincoln? Here's the thing. He did basically exactly what we're talking about here. He definitely turned everybody into molecules. And then he... <laughs> and then they were brought re- back. You're right. Instantly reconstituted them. But here's the thing. What's the difference between five years and... I don't know. A hundred. Maybe yeah, your, well, maybe years are only in the physical world, according to Toynbee. Is no one going to like take a moment and have a little like chat with everyone? Like, okay, so who do uh, here? Here's the crazy thing. I think the call, the fake call at the beginning is accurate. And I know that that the joke was like, you know, Larry King didn't let the dude talk. But also. I, there's probably a reason for it because it's insane. The, <laughs> like, actually, the idea is who do we bring back? And I think it's a phenomenal question because at a certain point in time, when you start bringing people, if you bring like a dude from ancient Rome back to life, that guy is going to lose his mind and not like a good way. That guy, it's like, it, yeah, it, it's he would just, things, he would be suicidal. He would be crazy. It would yes, be not, because okay. it's not his reality. anymore. like the, it would, it, it would be crazy. For all that stuff also, to happen. And in our capitalistic world, there'd be like side like things like kill Hitler, 20 bucks. And you just got this guy who just is Hitler. And then you just read <laughs> if it's supposed to be actually Hitler with his consciousness. But everybody can do it if 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 the molecule thing. You flip a switch, he gets reconstituted. But it also like, doesn't oh, no. like, and then he gets shot again by like the guy who paid $20. Okay. That's what would happen in our world because then you're that's the pope. just how. Your Pope, your Pope, uh. I don't know, Pope Claudius V or some nonsense. You bring a Pope back. Well, then what, what happens then? An entire religion collapses. 
you know, it's really funny. Like if all you religion falls apart, you should read. I wish I, I wish I'd actually just added a little bit more of the play uh, to the scene that I, that I cut because right after the part that I cut off, it's literally the Larry King character literally asking these exact questions that you're asking right now. I'm just like, why not bring Jesus back? Here's the problem. You bring Jesus back and he's not nearly as cool as people think he is. It'll be weak. Yeah, it'll be rough. First of all, done. Don't meet your heroes. So many people would have a heart attack because he'd be freaking not white and blue eyed. Oh my God. Here's the thing. They'd be like, that ain't even the real Jesus. Fake news. Yeah, we all know. We all really know what they would be like. That's not even Jesus. Fake (laughs) cules. Fake (laughs) cules. Yeah. All I'm Uh, saying is, is it doesn't make a lot of sense to do it in the first place. Like, I don't know. I feel like we should be more concerned about like keeping kids alive and like keeping our planet safe and like not covered in fires rather than like, all right, scrap it. We move to Jupiter. I Everyone, mean, we tried. Let's go to Jupiter. F them kids. Let's bring back the old people. Billionaires <laughs> already gave up on this planet. They're planning on leaving us here while they go to space. Well, they always have been. Bezos already thing. taken off. He's, gonna, he's not going to come back. People are joking in about space, that. No one can hear you scream, Mathis. That's where we oh, take them. True. Just like Wayland, that, just like Bezos, just like the number one <laughs> hit movie, Elysium. We take oh, them out. Shit. Elysium. I wish I'd I forgot that about that. I, had, I have yet to see. Uh, but, you know, to your credit, Jesse, like along with what you're saying, the mainstream media did not uh, <laughs> accept this man's views. You don't say. Uh, and <laughs> to that end, beyond this element of his philosophy, there's also a special tile out there a one a one-off special tile it's no longer there Ooh, a one-off special collectible it was paved over a year after it was found interesting uh but it's called the manifesto tile this tile goes far beyond the realm of any of the others in terms of like info about this guy it's actually made up of paragraphs of barely legible info involving all kinds of mafia and news media based conspiracies, as well as a good helping of government paranoia and anti-Semitism. Uh, it's a little hard to quote directly, but I'm going to send you guys a link uh, real quick. Let me see if you guys can parse anything out of it. This is like a pretty high quality photo of that tile before it got paved over by the city. This, this man desperately needed to just be like making pamphlets yeah, as a hobby. Kind of was uh, a lot of it seems yeah, like I know, I know a lot of it seems centered around some kind of assassination attempt that he may be claiming was carried out against him in 1991, but give it a look over, let the people know, shout out if you see anything interesting or if you can make out any of the phrases, I'm pretty sure r- Jews are written everywhere. Mostly Hellion Jews. Jew. He's very, uh, yeah, I think he's, he's talking a classic about conspiracy theorist where He's blaming Jews for everything, which is just stupid. Yeah, he's writing. There's something there about, I think it's this guy, Knight. What's that guy's name? Robert Knight. He's like a John Knight. He was a, he's a newspaper guy, like a, like a big media guy. Uh, so I think he has a vendetta against him. But yeah, there's something, there's stuff here that implies that there was an assassination attempt against him. I, I can't really like easily read the sentences that are there. But they're there. Yeah, there's like a full. I'm reading the bottom right cube right now, and this is literally. Is I boil it down. Hollywood is controlled by the Jews. Yeah, that's literally what this whole thing is. Like your your time honored culty like uh, conspiracy. That's just like Hollywood is controlled. Uh, oh, Soviet pals is a NBC nice. apparently has Soviet pals. Very nice. Okay, and this is 1998, not 2021, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Not okay. much I mean, has changed in the minds of crazy people. 
that <laughs> here's the thing that's been like a thing for a long time a bit like longer the idea than that the like 90s, yeah the elites oh, yeah. uh, controlled by the Jew. Like, it's just been a thing that's anytime you want to be a full fledged crazy person, that was the fallback plan. It's Is just it so like, easy. Don't you understand a, space lasers? Like, yeah, all right. It's such a lazy yeah, like one, too. Like this. And then, and then there's this. Like, it's just uh, when back home and choir got union. Oh, I'm not reading that word uh, from their oh, this goons from their own employees union down a sports journalist who with ease no who with baseball bat bashed in lights and windows of neighborhood as well as mcn outside my as as well as men outside my house they're stationed there still waiting for me yeah Yeah, there's oh yeah he's being watched he's being watched yeah so you know there might be a lot going on with this guy oh he calls that oh wow NBC, C, CBS, Group W, West Wing, Westinghouse, Westinghouse, Time uh, Warner. Oh, Time and Time Warner. Oh, there you go. Fox, Universal, all of the cult of the hell, hell man. Hellion. He's that's hellion. the hellion. Jews. All right. Yeah. <laughs> each one. Ridic- what the, each one were much worse the Night Rider ever was the car. Yeah, what the car? Yeah, right. What night? Yeah, you're right. That's it. He, he, he what? I don't maybe know. Maybe he that's something to do with John Knight, and then it's like Kidder. It so maybe I don't know. Kit? I have no the car from Night Rider. <laughs> Kit from Night Rider was the worst one of all. Absolutely. That, yeah. It's 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 a bunch of rambly nonsense. It's very much like a like uh oh this guy mm-hmm. is not okay in the head kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, very, very like par for the course for somebody who might be like, you know, repeatedly spreading this like weird message hundreds of times all over the world. Right. Uh, yeah. But now that we've covered a lot of the things that we know for sure about these weird mosaics, let's go back to the mystery element of this, which is who in the heck is this person? What? Is motivating them to do this. Why are they doing this? How? What? Who? Who is it? Uh, there's seemingly a lot of information out there connecting these things to real people. Uh, but will their secrets ever be revealed? Who is this street artist slash philosopher? Nobody Banksy. knows. Banksy. <laughs> <Goofer>. <laughs> oh, Banksy. He came over here and he's like, I'm just going to be like American conspiracy theorist. Got it. Right. And he's, and he's also like a 70 year old man. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we have we can boil it down to three likely suspects. Uh, The first comes from an article in the Philadelphia Inquirer from March of 1983, in which a journalist called Clark DeLeon did a phone interview with a social worker called James Marasco. It's pretty short. So really quick, I'm going to send this over to Mathis to read. If you don't mind, I want Twitter or I'm going to send it to Twitter. I'm pretty sure that the problem with Zoom is that it doesn't accept italics. We'll see. But here you go. Oh, I didn't put the last line. I'll do it right now. Hold on. Okay. There you go. Let me get that. Let me hit that refresh. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Theories. Want to run that one by me again? Call me skeptical, but I had a hard time buying James Morosco's concept that the planet Jupiter would be colonized by bringing all the people on Earth who had ever died back to life 
and then changing Jupiter's atmosphere to allow them to live. I feel like that's a done in you know should be done in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, is it just me or does the stri- does that strike you as hard to swallow too? Morasco says he is a social worker in Philadelphia and came across this idea while reading a book by historian Arnold Toynbee, whose theory on bringing dead molecules back to life was depicted in the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. There is no scientific principles I found that can make this possible, Morasco said, especially colonizing the planet Jupiter, which has a very poisonous atmosphere. The possibility of giving that planet an oxygen atmosphere is beyond even science fiction writers' imaginations. Now, that quote may sound as if Marasco doesn't believe it can be done, but that's not true. He thinks that between Toynbee and Stanley Kubrick, there is a way to pull it off. That's why he's contacting talk shows and newspapers to spread the message. He's even founded a Jupiter colonization organization called the Minority Association, which he said consists of me, Eric, Eric's sister, who does the typing, Frank, you may be hearing more from Marasco, and then again, you may not. Yeah. Can we really quickly, we keep, we keep bringing it up, and I feel like, can we, I assume, many of our audience have not actually seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Including Mathis. So, Mathis, <laughs> you have no idea what we're talking about at Have you all seen the baby this. even? Yeah, I've seen clips. I've seen the weird ending that's like psychedelic and like he's like, oh, and he sees like a baby in space. Yeah. And- really, the only thing about it that's similar, I think, in my mind to what what our guy is talking about here in 2001 is number one i believe they're headed to jupiter in the movie right that's what the mission is 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 that is that where they're headed is that the mission i think so uh because i know it's based on like the arthur c clark stories about going to jupiter and colonizing it or whatever uh there's this you know the element of the computer coming to life or whatever but that's not really like pertinent to this and then at the end there's that like we are all star children psychedelic element which i think he's also sort of picking up on in a big way here like if you believed what toynbee is saying about uh life and spirituality and existence and then you go watch 2001 through that lens the ending would probably resonate with you very much you're you're right it is jupiter is where they go yeah yeah uh, like, that, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if there's anything to add to what you said. I was about to try and be like, how can I add to that? But you're right. It's the whole point is it's supposed to be trippy, and it's like a dude seeing himself as both old and young, and the idea yeah. of like you know time, man, and to <laughs> aliens of like. Here's the thing, Mathis. I think you would really. The premise of the film is like there was a monolith, and like it's so, yeah. been on Earth. And then, like, there's one around Jupiter, and it's a portal to another reality. Like, that seems like oh, a movie you yeah. would love. Oh, that's, it's my, good. that's my it's jam, good. man. Time is a flat circle. It also right? has, like, just insane special effects, which is why everybody And it thinks, has Hal, which is universally loved yes, as right. a killer robot. Yeah, I can't let you do Even that, I know Mathis. who Hal is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Like, I think it lends credence to the Kubrick moon theory, which is another one for another time. But, uh... Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so no, we can't go down that rabbit oh, hole. We definitely will. I have it all planned out. We're going to do long a- as, as long as you're willing to take us down the room 238 or whatever that That's movie exactly is. That's exactly 237. And we are going to go down that Whatever road. that movie yeah, is. As long as you're willing you. to go down that rabbit I'll hole. I'll break down I'm that whole fucking movie for you guys. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You knew it was coming. 
I've talked about it before, and I know some of you out there, you've been waiting for this one. Summer's coming, and are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Because you're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, 4.0. That's four higher than zero. Compliment your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. That's right, take care of that bush. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code CHILL20. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations as well before heading outside and use the crop preserver, that ball deodorant, to keep you on your game in the heat. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CHILL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code CHILL20, that's 2-0, at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine on with Manscaped. Coming soon. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Pod. Anyway, James Marasco, pretty promising lead to be mentioned by name in an article like this in connection with these very specific ideas. Uh, but people have looked up the only James Marasco in Philadelphia uh, in the phone book, and he died in 2003, which is like way before a bunch of the tiles were ever laid. Uh, and also he was a carpenter and not a social worker. Uh, and a news reporter for ABC six action news, Philadelphia called Matt O'Donnell, who did an interview with Marasco's wife about the tiles, uh, was quoted as saying, quote, she also told us her husband had no interest in Jupiter or putting humans on the planet. She had been married to her husband, James J. Marasco for 62 years. She said she thinks she would have noticed something if he was indeed the Toynbee Tyler. So kind of a dead end there, at least for now. Uh, but the second possible suspect comes from a tile that was once located all the way down in Santiago, Chile. I don't know if it's there anymore, uh, but written on it, dead ass just said Toynbee A, 2624 South uh, 7th Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 19148-4610 USA. Literally a home address. Oh, my God. To a 1,000 square foot townhouse in Philly with three bedrooms and one bathroom that was built in 1925. In the 70s and 80s, uh, this was home to a man called Julius Paroli, who was a a railroad worker, better known as Railroad Joe, who regularly rode the rails to many of the major cities housing tiles. Uh, most notably the very, very far away ones. Uh, but unfortunately, Paroli also passed away far too early in 1987, and his house was sold to someone else in 1988 for about $24,000, which does nothing for us, except makes me really mad that houses used to be $24,000 in cities, which is fucking insane. Uh, But that brings us to our third suspect, which funnily enough, strangely enough, might also be connected to both our first and second suspects and is also in the documentary fingered as like the most likely person uh, who it could be. Uh, and this is also, by the way, uh, the opinion of toynbeeidea.com. The people from toynbeeidea.com are very similar group of people to the people in the movie Resurrect Dead, the documentary about this. Uh, huh. it's because you see... The third person on the suspect list is none other than the current resident of that same address, a man called Severino Verna or Sevi, 
uh, whose name I've only included here because it's already mentioned in the movie and it's also mentioned everywhere online. But I also want to say to never visit this address, even though I said it out loud uh, or bother this person uh, or anyone else in that neighborhood because it will solve nothing and it will only stress out some people who truly do not deserve to be stressed out, especially in 2021. So, I don't care where the fuck you live. Stay the fuck away from this place. Don't bother anyone there. If I know that right. you're going to find it if you want to go looking for it, but I, 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 I cannot tell you enough how much I don't want you to go there. Uh, but other than this train guy's access to these other cities, another big reason why people are so sure about this address being linked to the tiles is that dotting the streets and sidewalks around it are all these little like proto tiles that you can find that are like almost like proof of concept, like practice run type shit. And they're like all over the place, just like little things that are like, you can totally see the DNA of the final tiles in them. And they're like everywhere. Um, It means that whoever made the tiles had likely been planning it for a while. And though it wasn't a fit for railroad, Joe or James Marasco, Sevi Verna fits it in pretty much every way. Uh, in the stories about the tiles, Verna is depicted as a dedicated uh, artist and human who grew up in an eclectic family. Uh, the website ToynbeeIdea.com refuses to use Verna's name, uh, but uh, just out of respect because they want to keep him anonymous uh, because they don't want people to like the top <laughs> Google result for this to have their, that person's name. Uh, but uh, Jesse, I'm going to give you this little quote to read from that website anyway i'm gonna drop it in the chat right here this is almost certainly about verna one uncle was a politically connected funeral director another relative was the inventor of instant replay other close family include an artist mechanic even the owner of a tile store he was born in the 1950s and grew up somewhere in this creative mix we know through documents and acquaintances that he was a fan of science fiction he also had skills in car modifications, including converting Fiat 128 sedans into pickups and installing vinyl lettering and artwork on commercial vehicles. Yeah. So the deeper you look into this guy, you sort of get this picture of a man who is obsessed with the finality of death since childhood. Even at 12, the stories of this guy picking up dead pigeons and tossing them in a bucket and like covering them with cement as a way of sealing and preserving them until they could be resurrected. So thematically, this kid is on point. And uh, once he hit upon the Jupiter Toynbee idea, he tried feverishly for years to spread his idea over the shortwave radio with pamphlets, likely even using the alias James Marasco until finally, after facing enough ridicule and growing to hate the media and the government and the made up hellion Jews that, control it or whatever he settled on the tiles as his way of finally entering the zeitgeist and neighbors even mentioned that he was known to drive around in a car which had no passenger seat in it uh which if you know what we've been talking about you know kind of implies that maybe that was the car that we've all been seeing about where he can like go down through the floor and lay his tiles down on the street oh okay uh but nevertheless verna himself remains a recluse and has never given any outward acknowledgement that it is in fact him laying these tiles 
seemingly not interested in any sort of personal attention. Uh, so the mystery continues, though there are some accounts of him sharing some letters and stuff with the people from the website, but it's like not confirmed. And I have like no idea where they're getting it from. So I'm just not going to like say that's part of this story. Uh, but it's pretty sad, right? Like it's kind of like a sad like concept from from like a ways back. Like you step back and you look at this and it's kind of sad. Like this guy was just so over death that he just sort of like you know, tried to figure out some plan for reversing it. And it's, and you know, it's kind of I feel like that's a lot of people throughout history. That's a lot of motivators and and people of like why they come up with stuff. Yeah. It's cuz the finality of like, well, it's going to get you fool. Um, I don't, that's, it's very strange to think, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is I was going to say, was he older? I imagine he would be an older man in the like 2010s because you said he's born in the fifties spread out less from uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, my first thought was when you said the guy died in 2003, I was like, Oh, copycat. It's a, but if they're saying it was this other guy, then maybe he just got older and was like, well, I can't go to Chile anymore or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, recent update. Yeah. The guy would be like 70 something right now. Uh, recent updates. Uh, the last I've heard, uh, v- Verna, uh, the last, the last like Verna details that I've heard are from the movie and from like the press tours around the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. and I have no idea if he's alive or dead right now. Uh, though, again, if he is alive, he is a 70 year old man. So do not visit his address or bother him or contact him in any way. It's obviously not right. what he wants. Uh, and if the dude from the movie uh, could the the dude from the movie said that he ran into him on a bus. And like recognized him and was like. I and like if he was able to stop himself from confronting this guy. I think you out there listening to this can at least be that respectful of this guy. Uh, yeah. But also in 2006, while filming the movie, uh, this guy who the, who I don't, did I say his name yet? His name is Justin Dewar. Uh, this guy who's like the main subject of the movie Resurrect Dead, which again, you can watch it in pretty good quality on YouTube. It's like solid. It's like totally like feels like you're watching not a bootleg. Uh, I don't know if it's actually a bootleg. Uh he when he was filming the movie in 2006 he went on to a like popular short wave a uh, shortwave radio station at that was that was broadcasting live at a like shortwave radio like because it's shortwave so you got to like all be together to like listen to it so right. like they went to like a festival of shortwave radio <clears throat> and this one guy who had like a big reach and it's all from pennsylvania they went on and they asked about the Minority Association, which is the like Jupiter group that was named in the article with James Marasco. And if anybody knew anything about that or could help out. And amazingly, somebody actually responded and said that they actually did listen to one of those pirate radio shows back in the day and actually wrote into their P.O. box for more info. And it actually showed up when they when they sent out for it. Um, and I have a PDF of it all. That was painstakingly downloaded one by one on a shitty DSL connection 15 years ago. I don't know what it means, uh, but if you look through it, it does actually contain the name uh, Severino Verna in there, which kind of like solidifies the James Marasco connection. Uh, And you guys can like look it over and, and see if you guys can make anything out of it. But 
There's a lot going on in this document, and it's kind of... How dare this all be in cursive? Yeah, it's, it's right? kind of oh interesting. God. dare they? Some of it's in cursive. Some of it's, like, drawing. Some of it's typed. There's, like, a map of, like, this, like, of Europe and Asia that shows, like, a thousand-mile-wide corridor. There's, like, it says <laughs> UFO. Like two diagonal lines. Yeah, there's, like, a letter that's, like, literally written by Severino Verna. Just little strange things. Essays, files. Yeah, this is this is a jumble of stuff. Yeah. It's all it's all it's to all the people of the USSR. What the hell? Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on. Uh but uh obviously I will uh throw that up on Reddit if you guys bug me, but it's it's some interesting stuff. A lot of it like almost everything that you're you're looking for visually, you can find it at toynbeeidea.com, but if you bug me, I'll throw some stuff up on Reddit. Um, and finally, just in case you're wondering, the last official tile I can find any evidence of was laid in 2016. Uh, but since then, there's been some pretty high profile copycats. Some people have like copied tiles exactly. Uh, but there's another one called House of Hades that's very, very popular uh, in like the New York way. Mostly they're all over the country now, but they're a little bit hipper. They're a little bit less erratic seeming. They're still very like anti-media, but like in a more like focused way. That's like a little more stylish. Uh, and where the normal tiles say Toynbee idea, these say House of Hades on them so that, you know, you can't really mistake one for a real one. Um, and also they last a lot shorter time. Uh, so that's part of their deal. Um, they even actually laid some out in front of the theater at when the documentary was premiering, which was kind of cool. Um but yeah, that's it. Those are the Toynbee tiles. This is a rabbit hole that you can go down for hours on your own. Even after hearing this episode, there's tons of shit here to puzzle out and read about. And first, it looks like a it looks like feelies from a fucking adventure game. All this stuff like it really does. That's a good comparison, yeah. actually. Uh, shout outs to the Toynbee tiles. One of the weirdest mysteries that anybody can just walk up and check out in real life all over the world. Please post pictures of tiles in your city if you've got them and you know where they are you can go look on the map i would love to see some in the subreddit uh it's not as scary or paranormal as a lot of the other stuff we do certainly interesting as fuck and finally 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 to david mamet stop lying dude we got you dude you're caught you're you're not <laughs> we fucking got you finally stop lying dude finally you didn't make that shit up there's no way you made that up stop lying <laughs> cut let the record let the record show Come clean, my dude. Come clean, David Mamet. <laughs> you want to come on to our show? Go ahead. We'll, we'll if we landed, David Mamet, what, is, what a steal that would be. This isn't about embarrassing <laughs> anybody. You know, this is about doing what's right, be setting the record straight. You will, be, right. you will be accepted with open arms and treated respectfully on this show, David Mamet. Come on down. I love you. All that positive karma love your work, will be. But we got we to gotta clear this up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex, for bringing this this wild little weird adventure mystery thing going on in our modern day uh now now 1960s la makes a lot more sense yeah. for why you're why you're chilling there if right you guys now. you guys can't yeah. see it but uh alex is right now sitting in the middle of a 1960s street in la it's incredible Capitol records building uh, behind me the zoom yeah. is an amazing uh tool shout outs to king <laughs> king out my bedroom uh yeah i mean man Toynbee tiles. That's like one of the classic modern American mystery like things. It. So I hope you guys were tantalized by it. <clears throat> and if you were tantalized to want more, 
head over to patreon.com slash Illuminati pod. We're about to go do a mini sode right now for everybody. So uh, we'll be over there for everybody who's of that tier. Um, we got some stuff to chat about. Can for I a little tease, bit over can there. I tease some, what I'm going to be talking about? Oh, go please tease grenades. Away. What grenades? Yeah. Okay. What? All right. We'll see. Grenades, grenades in the chill mini. Watch we'll out. They're going to blow up there. grenades. All right. See you there, everybody. Anyway, and see you all next me week. And my wife were Goodbye. sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside, and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, Holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside, and she's looking up at the sky in the fall. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.